Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. This is our second week in a series called Intentional. And the purpose of this series is really to bring awareness to the areas of our life where we need to be more intentional. Sometimes what we happens in our lives is we just stop paying attention to certain things and we allow different things in our lives to creep in and we have to be careful about that. Last week I encouraged us as believers to start living your story. Start living your story. The story that God has for your life. He, the word of God says he will straighten out your path. Start living your story. Many times we stop living our story because we get stuck in the difficulties of life. We have the struggles and all of a sudden it takes our mind off of Christ. It takes our mind off of, the, off of God and all of a sudden we get stuck in our problems. It could be past hurts or unforgiveness or disobedience that gets us stuck. Whatever it is, Jesus wants us to break free from anything that is holding us back from following him. How do you break free? We just sang about it. It's by turning your eyes upon Jesus instead of turning your eyes on your difficulties. It's just refocusing, where am I directing my attention to? Whatever it is in your life, Jesus wants you to break free from anything that's holding you back from following him. Can you say the words break free? Break free. free. How do you break free? You put your trust in Jesus. In Psalms, it states these words, Psalms 37, verses 3 through 5, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Your heart's desires will not come true unless you're delighting in the Lord. Because if you're delighting in the Lord, then your heart's desires will be after his. Okay, just a word there for you. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help, help you. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Everything you do. This is a wonderful promise. It really mirrors the same promise that we had last week in Proverbs 3, chapter 3, 5, and 6. But notice that four sins. Commit everything you do to the Lord. That word commit in the Hebrew, which is what the Old Testament language was originally written in, was the Hebrew language. That word commit means to roll. So if you read that scripture again, it says, roll everything you do to the Lord. Roll everything. What does that mean, Pastor? It means roll everything you do to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Let him handle it. So many times we try to hold on to everything. But the idea behind this scripture is to give it to the Lord. It's giving it to God because he is the one who establishes our plan. He establishes our path. Some burdens, I'm going to share this, and someone needs to grab a hold of this today because you're carrying something that you're not supposed to be carrying. It's a word for somebody today. Some burdens are not ours to carry. They're God's. Sometimes we carry things God never designed us to carry. They're God's. Peter writes, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. There's times in my life where I'll just grab a hold of something that's not even mine to own, and I'll grab a hold of it, and I start to carry it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts to speak. Why are you carrying that? That's not yours to carry. Will you give it to me? And all of a sudden, I have to surrender it to the Lord and say, Lord, it's yours. Because I always want to try to fix everything. I always want to try to solve everything in my natural 
There's certain things I can't do, but God can do all things. Amen? Today's message is titled this. Stop living the lie and start living God's truth. Stop living the lie and start living God's truth. My statement is not focusing on people who are pretending to be something they are not. So this message is not for someone who puts on a mask and they're one thing here, but then they're another thing when they take off the mask. That's not this message. My statement is focused on those who are living in a lie because they have not yet chosen to embrace God's truth. So what I'm talking about today in my message is those that all of a sudden you're going along, all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, that's not God's truth. And you've accepted a lie in your life without really being intentional about it. And today I want to be intentional about discovering the lies. And guess what? I want to to bury those lies with God's truth. That's what I want to do do with it today. Let me give you some examples. Because I think we just need some examples of maybe things that we've accepted as truth when they're really not. They're lies. Maybe you're told... No one loves you. Maybe it happened when you were young as a child. Maybe it happened just recently through a relationship that went south and all of a sudden, no one loves you, everybody hates you, I'm going to go eat some worms. And you find yourself living under that lie. You've allowed that lie, catch this, you've allowed that lie to become truth into your life. And you feel constantly unloved, uncared for. Maybe you've had a tragedy in your home and, or in your family and someone's died from a disease or whatever the situation is. And now all of a sudden that, that, that fear has gripped upon your heart and you've accepted that as a lie for you. That all of a sudden I'm going to die because my father died or my sister. Now I'm going to be struck with illness and you take on that lie. Maybe you grew up experiencing the pain and suffering of poverty. Now all you can think about is regressing back to what you once knew and you don't want to go back into that poverty of not ever having enough and you have this fear of not having enough. Maybe you grew up, grew up in a dysfunctional home filled with brokenness and unfaithfulness and divorce and hate and anger. And now you're just basically afraid of all relationships because what you experienced in the past, all of a sudden that past is, is affecting your future because you can't let go that, you know what, that is not the truth. That's a lie that someone else has accepted. You do not have to accept that same lie in your life. You can live by God's truth. Start living reclusive. You don't have any relationships because you're afraid of being hurt. Maybe you've been told you're you're different. You're not normal. So you just don't know where you fit in. So you're searching to find your identity. And whatever opportunity opens up, is that where my identity is? No, you are a child of God. And all of a sudden what happens, we start to believe these lies in our life. Maybe at some point in your life, you were laughed at. Or you were made fun of. And all of a sudden, because of that one incident or two or three incidents, earlier in life, you were laughed at, made fun of. So now all of a sudden, you take your talents and you don't use them because you're afraid someone's going to laugh at you or make fun of you. So all of a sudden, you take this lie of the past and you keep on applying it to your life today. I've shared this before. I'll share it again. It's one of the lies that was in my life. I grew up with a speaking impairment and 
as I was younger, I didn't hear sounds well. And so when I was speaking, I couldn't hear myself well. And so I just, I spoke, and no one understood me. And I remember kids laughing at me and when I walked up to say hi and carry a conversation. They didn't understand me. And, you know, kids being kids, they just, they were laughing. But something in me all of a sudden got hurt. Ever been hurt? And all of a sudden that hurt all of a sudden started to carry forward with me. So anytime I was thinking about speaking, all of a sudden this fear gripped me because all of a sudden, and I don't, it was even subconscious. It's like, I don't know what it was, but it, as I got older, I realized it was the hurt from the past that I was still dragging behind me. So I remember in college, I had a, uh, a speech class and I had to give the speech. and I was absolutely petrified. I was scared. I got up there, I was just trembling like, I am going to be a fool. People are going to laugh at me. Where did that come from? It came way back from my past. And it was still there. I had never dealt with it. I wasn't a good reader as a, as a child either because they took me out of reading class to put me in speech therapy. I guess if you can't speak well, they assume that you're not smart enough to read, okay? So they take you out of that. So it just put me behind. And so then I, w I was always conscious. I, I remember being in church or at school. and You know how they used to, I don't know if they still do, but they, they go around the room and, and then you have to read. A, oh, my goodness. I couldn't speak well. I couldn't read well. And I knew the teacher was going to pick on me. Fear. Fear gripped over my life. I was terrified. The enemy will use your past to hold you back from your future. And it took me years to push past those lies. But I found out one thing. It's a choice that you have. You can make the choice. And if you can't do it in your own strength, then you can do it by the power of God that's within you. you got to stop living the lie and start living God's truth. We live in a society where people are filled with phobias. These irrational fears that hold them back from so many different things in the life. And it's just this fear that grips you. God never intended you to have a phobia. God never intended you to live in fear. We need to be intentional and break free from the lies that we've accepted. At some point, we must, and I want you to catch this because it's so important because I think I had to apply this to my own life. At some point, you have to stop being the victim. You have to stop saying, oh, man. Oh, it was all for my childhood. It's because of this. Because my mom and dad did this. It's because at some point, because that's all it's going to do. All it's going to do, you're living this lie that's going to hold you back. At some point, you got to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to start living in God's truth. I'm going to start declaring God's truth over my life. The first step in breaking these irrational fears and these different things off of our life these lies that have been implanted, many of them by ourselves. We've spoken over our own lives. The first step you got to do is identify your lies. Find them. You can't stop living the lie unless you identify the lies. Many times in our life, we just accept things as truth. We never investigate. It's like conspiracy theorists. There's many conspiracy theorists out here right now. I know it. Conspiracy theories always prey on what people want to believe or what people fear. 
They want to prey on what you want to believe or what people fear. So let me give you an example. This is one that's going to hit 90% of you right now. If you have distrust in the government, then you will tend to believe conspiracies about the government. If you have distrust with your spouse, then you'll believe conspiracies about your spouse. If you have distrust with the church, because you've heard rumors and different things, that there are some truth to things that have happened, all of a sudden now, any conspiracy, anything that comes up, you believe it as truth, even though it might not be. See, I share all that because it's not a good way for us to live. God never created us to live in conspiracy theories. God never, we, we, we live in truth, guys. Don't live in the lies. We're not called to live in fear, but we're called to live in faith. What are you fearful of? What lie are you believing that God's asking you to break free from? And if you notice, the lies that we've accepted in our life are always holding us back from something greater that God wants to do in our life. Lies will always put you in a form of bondage. Just like the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. If you remember the story of the children of Israel, they were trapped in Egypt. They were in bondage for 400 years. God said, enough is enough. I'm going to break my children free, the children of Israel, the Israelites. He sent plagues upon the land of Egypt, upon Pharaoh, because Pharaoh was not letting the Israelites go. He sent one plague after another plague after another plague, ten plagues in total. And finally, Pharaoh lets the Israelites go. The Israelites go, and they're, they're leaving Egypt, and they're getting, they're getting ready, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh changes his mind. He says, no, and I'm sending the Egyptian army after. Bring those people back, and if you know the story, miraculously, God parted the Red Sea. And the people walk across the Red Sea or through the Red Sea on dry ground. But the Egyptian army is still following them. So God says, you know, that I'm going to perform another miracle. I'm going to say, Red Sea, collapse. And the Egyptian army was destroyed. Their enemy, God destroyed their enemy in one moment. They were gone. It was done. And then the Israelites wandered in the desert and they didn't have any food. And God miraculously provided manna from heaven, a bread from heaven. Each and every morning, God provided for the Israelites so that they could walk and they could survive, that they could live. But when the Israelites approached the promised land, they still, still feared their enemies. I share that because we see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. But when they came up to the land of Canaan, the promised land, and they were supposed to cross into the promised land, and that's the land that God had given them, all of a sudden, instead of having that same faith in God, they'd seen all the miracles, all of a sudden, the lie, the fear struck them once again. They didn't trust in the power of God. They wished they could return to the bondage of Egypt and live under the cruelties of being the former slave ma- with the former slave masters. They were still believing the lie of the past instead of believing God's truth of the present. What lie has the enemy built in your life that you're still believing? That's what we're talking about today. I've, seen, I've had in my life, guys. I've lived with that life. You're not good enough. You can't do this. God didn't tell you that. That was your imagination. What lie has the enemy built in your life that you are still believing? Second step in breaking free from the lies. Once you identify your lie, 
Believe the truth. Choose. Believe the truth. We must be intentional on what we choose to believe. You must make a choice. Sometimes it's easier to believe a lie. It doesn't require as much faith. When the Israelites were wandering around in the desert, it required for them to have faith to enter into the promised land. That's where all of a sudden that spirit of fear jumped upon. Hey, it was better if we just go back to Egypt, into the land where we, yeah, we had slave masters, but we at least knew we were going to be fed. But, gee, but God had been feeding them every day. They were believing the lie. But for them, believing the lie of Egypt was easier and more comfortable than going into the unfamiliar. It was familiar to them, Egypt. Many times when God calls us to step into the unfamiliar, we start having doubts. Even though maybe God has spoken to us, when we want to step into that, we start having doubts. Did God really say that? Does, that, does the Bible really mean that? Does the Bible really mean that I can have healing over my body? No, that's probably not true. God didn't really want that for me in my life. Did God really say that if, if I honor him, I bless him, that he'll provide for all? No, that's not probably true. That's, that's just for other people because it never been. Do you see what I'm saying? We've got to also grab a hold of a lie that's not true. Disobeying God is a sin. Did you know that? And doubt is what leads us into disobedience. I, I started discovering this in my own life. I know disobedience, not falling after truth, is a sin. What leads me to that disobedience? Many times what leads me to dis disobedience is when I'm doubting God's truth. That's what happens. Remember Eve, Adam and Eve? She started doubting the word of the Lord and she started believing the lie of the devil. That's what got her in trouble. Got Adam in trouble too. Man, dragged him down as well. I'm just, they're both at fault. I'm not one of those. We must start believing his word. You've asked Jesus for forgiveness, then you are forgiven. Stop doubting it. You ask Jesus for forgiveness, you're forgiven. Don't doubt it. If God's not bringing that sin back up, why are you keep on bringing that sin back up? Stop it. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. Jesus said in his word, the truth will set you free. Catch this. The truth will set you free, but truth can only set us free if we believe the truth and obey the truth. It has no power over you if you're unwilling to believe the truth and obey the truth. Are you willing to do so? Throughout the Gospels, we can see Jesus comparing the difference between faith and doubt. Throughout the Gospels, you see this dichotomy of faith and doubt, and the, and the two are the fighting against each other. Remember when Peter stepped out in the water? Come on. Peter of faith. I would, that would that'd be one time I'd love to go back and see. We just had that question, I think, on our social media. He's walking on water. But all of a sudden, the troubles and the waves and the storm and the wind, doubt. As soon as he started doubting the word, he starts to sink into his troubles and his problems. Help me, Jesus. And that's the right thing to say when we start to doubt. That's when he began to sink. I'm going to give you guys an assignment this week, okay? Who wants to accept an assignment this week? 
I'm so glad you guys raised your hand. I want you to read through the entire Bible this week, okay? <laughs> Never raise your hand until the pastor tells you the whole thing. You just learned a lesson right there. Read through the entire Bible. Come back next week to me and tell me where there is one place in the Bible where we are called to doubt God. Find me one place. You won't find it. There's nowhere in God's word where we are ever called to doubt God. Amen? In the book of James, it states, James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, because he is a double-minded man, double-minded person, Women, I don't want to leave you out of this one. <laughs> Unstable in all his, all his ways. Doubt creates instability in your life. The Bible states a doubting person is unstable in all his ways. Once we know the truth, we need to stand in the truth. Forty years the Israelites wandered in the desert because they doubted the word of the Lord. Forty years they doubted the, the promise that God had given them, and so they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Finally, under Joshua's command, they stepped out in faith and they entered the promised land. God is asking us to believe in his truth. Choose to step out in faith. Don't allow the lies of the enemy to have power over your life. Believe God's truth. It's a choice. Am I going to believe the lie or am I going to believe God's truth? And it's so interesting how that lie just creeps in and all of a sudden you don't even realize that you've accepted it. And you're just living it. Don't do it. God's truth states you are forgiven. God's truth says you are loved. God's word says the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. Who are you going to believe? Believe in the spirit of the truth. The third step in breaking free from the lies that hold us in bondage is watch your words. Be intentional about your words. I've been, as I've older I've gotten, I've been much more intentional about giving God praise at all times in my life. Every moment I try to say, God, thank you for that. For the, you know, it's really powerful when you start giving God praise for the little things. We're always waiting to give God praise for the big things. What would happen if you start giving God praise for the little things? Maybe you'd start seeing bigger things. God, I thank you for that 350-yard drive that I hit the other day. <laughs> Didn't hit one, but that's okay. So I'm going to thank God for it, okay? Thank you for my 185-yard drive, God. I appreciate you, Lord. You start giving God praise for everything. I'm intentional to give God credit. I don't believe that my life is just an accident. It's God's blessing on my life. In the book of James, it states, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Every good thing that happens in my life doesn't happen without God. God is the one who created me, who gave me the breath so that I can breathe, so that I am alive today. Everything. If I wasn't created, I wouldn't enjoy the many things I get to enjoy in this life. Thank you, God, for creating me. Thank you for my breath. Thank you so that I can see, Lord. Thank you that I can hear, Lord. Start thanking God for the things that he's given us in every area of our life. We need to be intentional about what we declare over our lives. 
Are we speaking his promises and blessings? Are we speaking his doubts? What are we declaring? The Bible says these powerful words. I want you to catch these words. It says death and and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Interesting, huh? Death and life are in the power of tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Have you ever stated something, as soon as the words left your mouth, all of a sudden you just want to, ah, you want to grab them? Some of you guys thought I was going to fall off. I wasn't at all. I'd just do that to keep everybody awake. But all of a sudden we say something, and we go, oh, and you want to grab it and pull it back. Why do you want to grab and pull it back? Because you know it's not a truth. You know it's a lie. You know it's not something God wants you to say. And you know it might be hurt, hurt or offensive to someone, might be hurtful and offensive to you, but it comes out of your mouth. We say things because of anger or jealousy or pride. We want to retract what we said because we know it will harm another person. Once words are spoken, it can bring great harm to a relationship. It can bring hurt and pain. Yes, forgiveness brings healing, but that doesn't mean that the pain's still not there or the pain didn't happen. We need to forgive, amen? But a wound is still always painful. The Bible compares the tongue to a tiny spark that can set a whole forest on fire. Just going. A friend of mine just called me last night. He was had a bonfire in the back of his yard out in Washington State, burning some de- debris, and the fire ban had been lifted. All of a sudden, he gets this phone call. Uh, did you want that fire to be quite so big? He looks out, and the fire is actually jumping up his trees. Total panic. He jumps in his excavator, runs, starts to put dirt, and tries to put all there. They have hoses going out. All of a sudden, you can hear the panic in his life. Our words can be that little spark that can all of a sudden, we don't think they hurt. We don't think they do anything. But all of a sudden, all it takes is a little spark. And if it's something dry, <whistles> boof. It just goes up in flames. Our tongue has the power to direct the course of our lives. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over other people's lives? See, your, your tongue has the power to encourage or discourage. Has the power to bring life or destroy. A while back, I was talking to someone who chose not to listen to some advice I would given to them before. And I would given them some advice and... And they kind of ignored it, and they went and did their own direction. And then all of a sudden, I get this phone call and to you know want to connect with me, and and they start talking to me, and and they're scared because they went down a road that I thought eh, maybe you shouldn't do that quite yet, whatever else. And I was like, ah, you know, and then you can fe- hear the fear in their voice. And <clears throat> at that moment, I you know, have you ever been there at the moment? I told you so. You know what I'm saying? You just want to yell. I told you not to do that. But the Spirit of God just came on me. I felt it. Don't you dare say those words. Don't say those words. You encourage him. You speak life into him. You give them hope. See, we have a choice that we can make with our words. What are we going to do with our words? Are we going to tear down or are we going to build up? See, the ability to control our tongue, I want you to share this because if you want a measuring tool for your life, The ability to control your tongue is a measurement of God's spirit in your life. Because, see, the Holy Spirit will hold you back at times in your life when you're ready. In your natural, you're just ready to, I have a lot of natural in me, I tell you right now. There's a lot. Thank God for his spirit. Amen. 
will hold you back. The verse states, those who love it will eat its fruit. The verse that we just shared. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Meaning this. Those who love to talk, you're going to eat the fruit of your words. Good or bad. If you brought out encouraging words, you're going to eat, guess what? Encouraging fruit. If you're going to put out negative, complaining, difficult words, guess what? Those are the things you're going to eat of your life. What are you speaking over your life? Are you speaking life or death? Are you speaking in agreement with God's word? Are you speaking against God's word? It's important that we watch our words. The last step in breaking free from the lies of the enemy is this. Control your thoughts. Pastor Tom, I can't control my thoughts. It's impossible. I, I'm kind of almost with you at times because I struggle with that. My thoughts can just start to roll. But it's not according to God's word. Paul writes, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Big S, Spirit. Live according to God's Spirit. Set their minds on the things of the Spirit. In the book of Isaiah, God's word writes, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You can put your mind on God. Keep it there. God, what do you want me to do today? God, how do you want me to lead this meeting? God, it sounds crazy, but the more that we put our mind on God the more stable we become. Paul writes in Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about those things. I think it was Brett the other day who said that, you know, it's, it's scientifically proven. If, if you're thinking about being, or if you have a thankful heart, if you think about being thankful, you can't be depressed. You can't do the two at the same time. Paul knew this 2,000 years ago. Whatever's true, whatever is honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, think about good things. Amen? We have the Spirit of God living within us, and we can choose to control our thoughts. It just takes surrendering our mind to God. Instead of thinking about negative doubts, we think on God's truth and promises. In chapter 13 of Numbers, we are given some details of Moses, who sends in this 12 spies into Canaan which is the promised land. Moses is following God's command. It's basically a reconnaissance mission that is happening, that's taking place, and Moses sends these 12 spies in to, seek, to discover more about the land of Canaan and how we're going to capture it and, and what kind of uh, prosperity is in that land. And In fact, he tells them to bring some fruit back so that we can see the fruit of the land. And when the spies returned to give the report, they brought back fruit and shared about the beauty of the land. A prosperous land. But the spies also brought back news that the cities were large and fortified and filled with powerful men. The report said that even some of the men were giants. They were massive. They were huge. What giant do you have in your life? That you just think there is no way I can get past it. There's just no way, Pastor Tom. You don't understand who I am. I can't do it. Caleb tried to quiet the people and convince Moses to attack at once because he heard this negative report coming from the spies. Only Caleb and Joshua had a report of faith that, that they could do it. Caleb says, let's go at once to take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Let's go now. Let's do it. We have the promise of God. Let's go in there. We can take it. 
But the scripture in Numbers continues to go on to say that the ten spies that doubted, they started to spread these rumors throughout the Israelites, throughout the village, throughout everybody there. They started to spread the rumors that, no, these were giants. We felt like grasshoppers beside them. They were so big. And all of a sudden, this fear gripped them. And they chose not to enter into the promise that God had given them. Doubt is a powerful instrument that the enemy will use against you. And we need to learn to doubt our doubts and remain on God's truth, stand on God's truth. Are there any lies that you have accepted in your life? Stop choosing to live with those lies. Be intentional about tearing down those lies and replacing them with God's truth in your life. The ten spies shared fear. Caleb shared faith. I want to give you a truth here today. So I think it's so important for us to grab a hold of. Many times what happens, and I thought about the ten spies. There's 12 spies total. We don't really hear about Joshua in Numbers. We know that Joshua had the faith to believe. But it was Caleb in this where he was speaking, we can do it. But then there's ten spies that say, no, you weren't there. You didn't see Man, it was horrible in the sense that it's fortified cities, these giants. Even though the land is prosperous, it's like a land filled with milk and honey. And we know God promised, but God doesn't know. Have you ever done that? God doesn't know what I'm facing. And what I've, what I've kind of discovered is this. The lies are so many, so many times so much louder than the truth. Did you catch that? There was ten spies all sharing the lies, but then there's Caleb standing there sharing, we can do it. What you have to do in your life, because there's so many times that lies just start piling up on you, you have to say no to all the lies, and you have to, man, you have to narrow down on the truth of God's word. He says, no, I am forgiven in Jesus' name. No, I am loved in Jesus' name. No, I know that is a lie. I know that I can break free from the spirit of timidity in my life. I know that I'm always giving in, caving in, but God has called me to be more than, greater than what, the, what everybody else speaks in my life. I know that there's this fear in me that I'm going to die at some time because I know that, man, the disease has come off of every, my parents' life. It's going to attack me, and I, you have that fear. No, you speak life to yourself, and you say no to the lie that keeps on speaking into your mind. You might have a phobia, and then all of a sudden this phobia starts to take over your life, and you can't walk into a room because you're afraid someone's going to vomit, or you're afraid someone's going to do something, and you all of a sudden, you, you live in fear. You say no to the fear and say yes to the truth. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Do you know that? He hasn't. The Word of God says He has given you a spirit of faith. We all have been given a measure of faith in our life, and we need to grow our faith. Stand with me today. I just feel so compelled. And worship team, please come on up to the front. I just felt so compelled this week as I was speaking this message, because I think maybe it's in me so much because I believe lies in my own life at times and it's held me back from the truth that God's wanted me to step into and I I feel like there's times in our life we just need to declare that is not of you God and so maybe you've been believing a lie and today I just we're going to close with worship 
and I'm going to ask you to do something. It takes boldness. That's okay. But maybe you've been, been leaving a lie that you're just never going to measure up to be anything. I don't care if you're here on the worship team. I don't care. Singers, if you have this, I want you down front. We don't need a singer. We don't need a bass player. If, if you need to come down front, I'm, no, we've got to have a drummer. You've got to stay placed. So. We'll pray for you afterwards. Okay, Matt? Maybe you've been told you're ugly, and you just believe that lie. God created you. It's beautiful. Maybe you've been told you're never going to get a job because you're just not good enough, and you've, you've had this dream of doing something. And in, if it's your dream, well, you, but if it's God's dream spoken over your life, if God has told you, stand in faith and believe and trust God for it. Amen? Stop believing the lie. But if you've been believing a lie in your life and you've been struggling, I don't know... I, what the lie is. I don't know everybody. I can't. But, the, but God does. And if God is speaking to you right now and says, you get to lay that down right now. Because I have so much planned for you. And it's not to harm you. It's to prosper you and give you a good life. What that means is in God's hands, not our hands. But if you need to lay that down and say, no, I'm going to stop believing the lie today. I want us just to finish with worship. I want you to just come down here. I'm not going to ask any prayer team to come down today. I'm just going to ask you to come down and just say, Lord, I'm ready. Give this to you. I'm done believing the lie. If you need to throw something on the platform, go for it. Take a tithe envelope or take something, write the lie on it, and throw it on there and say, I'm done with that. I'm standing on your truth. And start believing it. Start believing it in Jesus' name. Watch what God will do in your life when you say no to the lie and say yes to his truth. Let's worship today. If you want to come down to the altars, come down today. God loves you so much. He cares for you. He sent his one and only son to die for your sins because he loves you that much. Let's bless him today. Let's praise today. I am so excited for what God's going to do in lives of people. Amen. There's something that just happened to me. I don't know what's been happening over the last couple of weeks where all of a sudden I just feel a whole new refreshing of his spirit in my life. I want that for you today. Come, join us today. If you want to be blessed today, throw something on the altar. Leave it here today. Say, I'm not going to believe that lie anymore. I'm going to believe God's truth. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.